This episode is brought to you by Eero. Never think about Wi-Fi again. Get 100 bucks off the Eero base unit and two beacons package and one year of Eero Plus. Visit Eero.com slash GOG and at checkout, enter GOG. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. How are the holidays for you, Brian? And by the way, Happy New Year. Oh, thank you. Happy New Year. It's good to be back. Uh, the holidays were fun. I did almost a digital detox, really. Um, I spent most of the time with just family and friends. And the one thing I have to say for the Apple Watch is it really kind of allowed me to leave my phone in my room. Um, I probably cracked my laptop open twice the entire break. What? Uh, yeah, I really just uh, didn't do much uh, tech-wise. I didn't pay attention to wow. any news, and I didn't have any work to do, so it was pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> I managed to weather two flights, um, hang around a whole bunch of kids, nieces and nephews, and uh, uh, was in the freezing cold in Toronto and did not get sick until I came home. So last night, yeah, that's, I... <laughs> that's how that happens. <laughs> that's yeah. how that happens. It is literally 47 degrees now in my studio. We called that the warm day in Toronto. Yeah, I, I, trust me. I'm from Chicago, man. I know. <laughs> I'm wearing my Zane Lamprey adventure hoodie mm-hmm. to keep me warm because I uh, hopefully at some point we'll have Zane back on the show because I, I love that guy. But uh, man, it has just been redonkulously cold. But I did something this year, Brian, that I may regret. We're, we're only four days into the year and you've already done something you're going to regret. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm a drone owner. I'm a droner. Well, you've been a drone <laughs> owner for a while. You yeah, almost but that lost was fingers a, and, and no. other things. Okay, yeah. Well, the first one was a was a $25 gadget that I gave to Monkey13, friend of the show. So, and he fixed it up. He actually had to go in and patch the Chinese firmware, which kudos on him for making it work. Then I got a little Tello drone, which was like, you know, 100 bucks. It's got some DJI software in it. And so it's like, you know, in the DJI family, but I bit the bullet. I bought a Mavic 2 Zoom. Okay. I spent $2,200 on this fucking thing. And yet you don't have health insurance. I don't have health insurance because you know what? Health insurance is more expensive than that. (laughs) Do you know how much my health insurance would cost me a month? Uh, I don't want to know. $1,400. And guess what the health insurance doesn't do? Make me any money. Make (laughs) me any money. Because I've been losing gigs because my side hustle, because if you're, you know, an internet influencer, you always have to have a side hustle. Mm -hmm. Uh, My side hustle is I do real estate photography. That's what I do. That's that's what like fills the gap because podcasting doesn't really pay the bills. (laughs) Surprise, people. Just letting you know that. So I do real estate photography on the side and I've been losing all these jobs because these people will come in with a drone and they will do panoramics of the house for 15 minutes. It's all it takes. It takes 15 minutes to do a panoramic of the house and they're getting paid $300 more than I would for just the stills on the inside for what I used to get paid for the whole house. So it, right. it, it's a whole the, the math doesn't work out if you don't have a drone, but the math works out if you have a drone because it will pay for itself in like four shoots okay so i so got you have a drone All right. i got one this thing is so fucking sexy we'll talk about it in a little bit when we get to absent doodads but 
my God, I love this thing so much. It is so cool. It is so cool. Um, but that, remember, uh, there was a story in the news about Gatwick Airport getting shut down because of drones over the uh, the runway. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. They arrested two people okay. and put their put their pictures on the news. Mm-hmm. So these these two people were were you know were publicly outed as being like the the drone bandits. Mm-hmm. Turns out it was probably the cops. It was their own shit that <laughs> that was over the airport. Um, yeah, so uh, I do want to say that I have registered my drone. I did. I, I'm going through all the paperwork. I you paid don't for live it. Live anywhere I'm near LAX, it. so we're okay. I don't, but I, I'm. I'm. Well, I'm not. I am no. I am not close to any airport whatsoever. Actually, out here in the valley, in the mm-hmm. San Fernando Valley. So I think I'm pretty good. But uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, come on, guys, come on. I mean, thousands of, I mean, hundreds of thousands of man hours were probably wasted because of these these drones flying over the airport with people missing flights and not being able to get to their families. Oh, it just, it tears me up. It tears me up. Um, I have another one here from Dig. Mm-hmm. And I generally, do, I mean, I like Dig, the, the new Dig. I, I like the old Dig because my friend Kevin Rose was the, the guy who founded Dig. Uh, but this is how much paid leave and holidays workers get in America compared to the rest of the world charted. Yes. And it is a chart of how much time off people get paid for in other countries. Mm-hmm. We get nothing. No. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, looking at the UK. They get 37 days a year. I, th- I figured France was going to be the king because, you know, they've got the four hour. Well, it's only four one day, day work less. Week. It's one day <laughs> less. Yes. Yes. It, France and Spain, the, the siesta capital of the world. Has, <laughs> although they're, I hear they're banning siestas, which which sucks because that was the, the one place I wanted to go to retire. I wanted to move to Spain to retire because I'm like, I like this idea of the siesta. I think yeah. that sounds fantastic <laughs> but uh yeah the uk wins uh france and spain are right behind at 36 germany's mm-hmm. 33 chile at 30 and it just goes down from there um we basically have 10 public holidays a year but there is nothing no on the books mandatory annual yep leave. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so. nothing at all we are <clears throat> working ourselves to death because it's just not there yeah, so. I, I mean, Canada's sitting at 19, and I know my wife was uh, a little bit shocked when she moved here and started to work here and realized that uh, she lost a whole bunch of vacation days every year, much to yeah. her dismay. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it is crazy. There, you know, I mean, again, I haven't uh, worked a real job uh, in 20 some odd years. So, uh, you know, I work when I work and I don't when I don't. But uh, yeah, there's no regulation here at all. For, for any kind of uh, mandatory annual leave. Um, and we can, you know, we can certainly you don't even get about, into maternity. Leave. Well, yeah, paid family <laughs> yeah. leave and things of that nature. It's, uh, you know, if you work for a company that uh, is international and is good, um, they're aware of these things. Uh, my wife is doing fairly well with universal music. They're, they're pretty good about uh, actually giving them days off. So but uh, there's no requirement at all uh, in this country. Yeah. To, to do that, which is, of course, ridiculous. No, I mean, I I. And, and, and this whole thing just still just boggles the mind with Brexit. I'm like, why is the UK leaving? You're you're at the top of your game. Why are you leaving the EU? It's like, it sounds like a great place to be. But anyway, 
Uh, that's that's a story for another <laughs> podcast. Uh, my friend, my friend Jason Sanderson actually just moved to Prague mm-hmm. because he lived in the UK. He was born in the UK and he left because he's just like, fuck this Brexit shit. I'm getting out of here. I'm I'm yeah. out. <laughs> so he moved to he moved to Prague with his girlfriend and oh, I'm sorry, his fiance. And uh, they're just living happily ever after. Not worrying about that. I do love Prague. I've never been. It's I always wanted city. to go. Yeah. Yeah. Now, all the all the backpackers I met when I was backpacking around Europe were just like, get to Prague. Go, yep. go, go. <laughs> and we just never made it. And I'm just like, damn it. <clears throat> anyway, did you watch Black Mirror Bandersnatch? Uh, I did not. It was it was all the the uh, the fucking the all I could hear about. It was all the rage. <laughs> it's all I heard about. Everybody was tweeting about it. And when I did look on social media, everybody was talking about it. I was going to watch it. Um, Apple and uh, Netflix are are in a little bit of a pissing match at the oh, moment. No. And uh, you cannot. Uh, <laughs> Netflix has not updated the app yeah. on Apple TV with the technology required to be able to do the choose your own adventure. Uh, and the only option I had while in, in Canada t- to access Netflix, unless I wanted to sit and watch it on my laptop, was through Apple TV. So I did not watch it. Um, and I went long enough that I was able to now realize that a lot of people don't seem to particularly care for it. And they're, they are people who I uh, share kindred interests with. So I think that I probably <laughs> don't want to watch it at you this may, point. You may I, have dodged a bender bullet. Yes, <laughs> yes. So uh, I was never a big fan of choose your own adventure stories anyways, because I figure the whole point of me watching something is to be told a story. Yes, yes, <laughs> that is exactly the point. I'm watching this thing. And I have a Roku TV, so I could do the whole, like, you know, choose your own adventure thing. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm like, I'm a bottle of wine in, and I'm just like, <laughs> show me a movie that makes me sad, because that's what Black Mirror <laughs> is. That's all it is. I mean, I get and, it. It's it's an impressive use of technology. It's pushing the boundaries of storytelling, but not in a good way. Can no, we accept the fact it's that it's not. an interesting <laughs> experiment, but let's not do this again? Yeah, no, you have to watch the same shit over and over and over and over and over again to get to the end of the plot line. It's like, oh, you have chosen poorly. You know, it's like oh, Dragon's it's like, Lair. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it really is. It's, it's it's actually not quite as infuriating as Dragon's Lair is because, you know, I I hate that video game. Friend of the show <laughs> MXV right now is banging his head on the fucking glass right now because he is like a uh, he's a Guinness world book record holder in dragon's lair i hate that game i think it's <laughs> useless and stupid but uh yeah this was like playing dragon's lair i'm just like i'm sitting there i got my pretzels my 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 uh mustard i'm just having i'm having a pub night i was having a pub night so i had a pint i had pretzels and i had mustard and then every three minutes it asks <laughs> me to like press a button on which way i want to go i'm like I don't care. Tell me what the fucking story is. And then they're like, you've chosen poorly. And then you have to go back and do it again. I'm just like, just show me the fucking show. Yeah. So I heard from a lot of people that it was just too much work and not enough payoff for it. So, yeah, I will not be watching it. However, I was going to wait until uh, our regular media candy and more on of the week segments to discuss this. But it seems to fit here pretty well. Uh, I watched the other big B on Netflix because it was the B. Uh, it was all the rage about the bees. It was Bandersnatch and Bird Box. I watched. Oh, Bird you Box. watched Bird Box. Oh, okay, cool. I'm, 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 I'm excited about this. Tell, tell me what you thought about Bird Box. I enjoyed it. Um, it was 
two hours long, which is roughly 30 to 45 minutes too long. It could have used much better editing. Um, it okay. drags and drags and drags. The acting is, of course, phenomenal. The concept is really interesting. What's uh, it about? I have no idea what it's I about. I don't want to say right now because okay, I think okay. this is you one of those things it. like you remember like going into the Matrix and the reason it was really good is because you had no idea what was going to happen. Yeah. The, same yeah. thing here. Okay. The only okay. If you go into this and you know what the story is, it will bore the shit out of you. But if you don't know, (laughs) if you don't know, it's pretty good. Like, I had no idea what it was going to be about at all. But you don't uh, know what you know. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I did enjoy it. It just went on way too long. It should definitely have been edited down quite a bit. Um, And then for the moron of the week, um, I can't believe that people are this stupid, but they are. Netflix has had to warn people not to take part in a bird box challenge. Okay. We'll get hurt. Okay. And is this, this kind of like the Tide Pod challenge? <laughs> when you when you watch Bird Box, you'll get it. <laughs> okay, I'll check it but out. Yeah, I'll just uh, avoid reading anything about it before you see it. it. It is worth seeing. It was very like I said, it's extremely well done. Um, okay, and very well. The acting's phenomenal, and I the concept was decent. Just it it really needed a good editor. <laughs> Yeah, no, we've got a lot for media candy for the next show because I watched a ton of stuff. And thank God the Orville is back because it just makes me happy. It just makes me happy that the Orville is back. <laughs> I do have one other bit of uh, a couple of bits of follow up here. Bill, talk, just talking about AI. Uh, we had Kai Fu Lee on the Jordan Harbinger show last mm-hmm. week, and uh, he was the head of Google China and he's an AI expert. Right. And very smart guy. I mean, supremely fucking smart when it comes to AI. And I thought it was one of our better shows because he just talks about what it really is. And he wrote the first Othello AI engine. Right. This guy is this guy's smart. I mean, he's no joke. And he talks about general AI, you know, uh, artificial general intelligence, which we always say is what AI should be the definition of. God damn yes. it. <laughs> Everything else is machine learning. But he yes. also talks about all of the breakthroughs in AI, in the history of AI, and, he, and the machine learning breakthroughs that came about. He's like, there's only been a couple breakthroughs in the history of this whole field. Mm-hmm. And, you know, machine learning is the new, newest breakthrough. And that's been around for a while. And he's just like, AGI is just not coming anytime soon. And also, there's another article on Venture Beat where uh, Jeffrey Hinton and Demi Hazabaz <laughs> say AGI is nowhere close to becoming a reality. And it seems like everybody Duh. in the industry knows that. And we've said it for yeah. fucking four years. So, yeah. <laughs> so we're smarter than all of the all of the experts in AI. So take that, people. <laughs> take it. Put it in your pipe yes. and smoke it. And a final uh, follow-up. I know we got a lot of follow-up this week, but FU M1 Finance. Damn okay, it. Okay, what, what do they do? I got an email that's like, you got $10 because somebody signed up with your link. The next email I got 10 minutes later was, hey, this is so cool that you can like send people to M1 Finance. We're going to raise the rate to $25. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I want, my, I want my 15 bucks. Damn it so yeah so if you go to any of the the show notes where we talk about m1 finance and uh and sign up with them then yeah now you get 25 dollars, we get 25 dollars. but uh 
I was just, I, I mean, it was just like, boom, boom, right <laughs> back to back. I'm just like, damn it. <laughs> Why didn't you give me my $25? I want my $15. I want my $15. In the news. Tesla is back in the news. Okay. They, they have figured out how to fill that board seat that mm-hmm. Elon Musk is not allowed to have anymore. Right. <sighs> they hired Larry Ellison, the head of okay. Oracle. Right. Uh, I don't know if you know much about Larry Ellison. He's batshit crazy. Is he? I mean, he's certified batshit crazy. He His entire house is like a Japanese like you know shogun warrior garden because he thinks that that's what he needs to prepare himself for the battle against the other tech moguls go back to the the history of larry ellison and and just check out his house he's he's a nut job he is a total nut job sometimes you feel like a nut jason Oh, but look, they're just replacing one nut with another. That's fine. Look, Larry Ellison is is a good, stable choice, regardless of what you think about his home furnishings. <laughs> I guess and, Oracle uh, is still there, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he seems to know what he's doing uh, in terms of running a business, regardless, again, like I said, about uh, he is he a business out man. of Ikea. Yeah, so, um, he is a businessman. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm sure that uh, we'll see a stock bump based on that, because uh, everybody kind of wants to... Uh, Elon just take a step back. So, and they also uh, got this woman from Walgreens, okay. which is very strange. So yeah, that's not even like a tech. Uh, you know, business is business. Hey, but I business, You're I mean, selling look, widgets, right? Yeah, it's it's so. literally. Where's our P and L? Let me look at the, let me look at the spreadsheet. Tell me what you're you know how much you're making, yeah. how much you're spending, and that's what you need. And, well, and then I honestly, guess it, it really does make sense because that's, you know, Elon Musk is the, is the great thinker, as it were, the idea guy. And you don't want the idea guy doing the uh, doing the P&L charts. You want a business right. person doing that. So, uh, good, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if my stock's gone up any since since then. So, yeah. but anyway, well, it's it's yeah, interesting. But just Larry Ellison is, is batshit crazy. All right. Well, Apple stock has uh, had a, one of those rare drops. Uh, Apple stock uh, trading was halted on Wednesday when the company dropped its revenue expectations nearly 8% to $84 billion. Um, had They had previously said that they expected 89 to $93 billion in sales for the holiday quarter. By the way, that's $93 billion. I'm, I'm, I was going to say, it's like, <laughs> okay, we're going to make $89 billion this year, and you halt our stock? What? what yeah. Uh, well, this what, is the problem. Where does with, this happen? <laughs> this, is, this is the problem with shareholder value. Um, you yeah. know, we've talked about this many times. Apple is an insanely successful company, and the fact that they didn't quite hit a sales number just seems insane to me that that would cause stock. To, well, whatever, that's, I just billion. buy. <laughs> that just means I buy. So, I, uh, uh, yeah, but I, had, the funny I thing, bought a drone, the, so I can't buy any <laughs> Apple stock. God damn it. The funny thing is that basically Tim Cook is using this to clap back at Donald Trump and basically saying that the reason that this happened is we didn't get the sales in China that we had hoped for because of the trade tensions and all the things going on with that. So we shall see. I think that's Um, I I honestly believe that's bullshit. I think the reason that Apple is not selling as many iPhones as they used to is because they're overpriced. They are overpriced. What they are. They're too good. The, the, The year upgrade cycle is dead. Why? Like I'm using yeah. a phone that's three years old and it works perfectly. Yeah, I've got an eight plus and I was looking at my upgrade price and it was like two hundred and seventy dollars to upgrade to a ten. 
and then I'd have to get back and pay pay back the ten. I could buy this this phone out for another four hundred ninety nine dollars, which I'm not going to do because I got an A plus. <laughs> and but my A plus works great, even with a cracked screen. It works right. fantastic, except for the fingerprint recognition, which we've talked about on previous shows. I still yeah. think that they're doing that because they want you to move to Face ID, but that is a conspiracy theory where you have to go buy your own tinfoil. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they're. We're we're hitting peak phone. We we are seriously hitting peak phone. You, there's not much more shit you can put in a phone to make it do more than a phony phone phone does. You know. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, it's too bad because I I really wish I'd have sold my Apple when it was high. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, in continuing stock news of a sort, this this article actually just really pissed me off. Um, this is how Facebook's slumping stock price could hurt Mark Zuckerberg's philanthropy plans. What? So this article is basically saying that Facebook stock is plummeting and uh, Zuckerberg has pledged to give away or spend 99% of his Facebook stock over his lifetime to fund issues that are important to him, like education reform and curing disease. So far, he sold over $5.6 in stock, according to Bloomberg. But after nine months of aggressive selling, Zuckerberg didn't share any sales in quarter four. Uh, the likely culprit, the struggling stock price, which is down more than 37% since it's high in July, thanks to all the problems that they're having over there. So because of Zuckerberg. It's, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, uh, so the article kind of gets into it's understandable that he didn't sell shares because you don't, you don't want to sell when it's at a two-year low. But it's a good reminder that Facebook's stock price can have some serious impact on Zuckerberg's philanthropy. No, fuck you. He's worth $86.5 billion, which has now dropped to $53.8 billion. Cry me a motherfucking river. $53.8 billion. He can fucking keep doing his philanthropy. It's fine. If he wants to, he can. He's not hurting. No, I got 350 bucks in the I got 350 <laughs> bucks in the bank. Fuck you. I don't yeah, care. So, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of yeah, this is the idea that we should somehow be worried about Facebook stock because he's not going to be a philanthropist anymore. Screw you. Do a fucking yeah. Bill Gates. Get the hell. By the way, Zuck, leave Facebook. Just leave yeah. it. Go do leave. philanthropy full time. If I had 5 billion dollars, that's what I would do. You've got 53. <laughs> well, next week I'll probably I had have 1 billion, 25. that's what I'd do. So somebody Seriously? go over to gog and give me a billion dollars <laughs> and I will just do philanthropy. I would give me a million dollars. I'll do philanthropy. <laughs> I mean, shit, I'm trying to figure out stars, how to pay geez. rent. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, man. We'll talk. Oh, we'll talk about the stars soon, too. Uh, but yeah, this next mm, okay. one comes well, from uh, David Teeter. How much of the Internet yes. is fake? It turns out a lot of it, actually. This is a, Yet a NY again, mag. something we've been saying for four years now. But thank you for New York. Magazine See, actually, for actually. Out. Brian, on this one, we have been saying this since day one. So this is six years, <laughs> right? Okay. Six fucking years. We've been saying stats are fake. This does not exist. Mm -hmm. So, I, yep. I, so I, it's a really yeah. good article uh, that, uh, you know, displays everything that we've been talking about. Uh, basically, it says how much of the Internet is fake. Studies suggest that year after year, less than 60 percent of web traffic is human. Some years, according to some researchers, a healthy majority of it is bot based. For a period of time in 2013, the Times reported a full half of YouTube traffic was bots masquerading as people, a portion so high that employees feared an inflection point after which YouTube systems for detecting fraudulent traffic would begin to regard bot traffic as real and human traffic as fake. They <laughs> called this hypothetical event <laughs> the inversion. That. I which love makes sense. It. 
You build a system to, uh, to analyze and monitor tra- traffic. You follow the greater majority. And if the greater majority is now bot traffic, that's what you're monitoring. And that's what matters uh. to you because that's the hits. Those are the clicks. That's where the advertisers are going. And it talks mm. about all these, you know, advertising spoof websites and, and scams that have been running on. 99% of the web is bullshit. I mean, yeah. it just is. <laughs> and mean, the thing is. that. And even former Reddit CEO Ellen Powell tweeted, it's all true. Everything is fake. Yeah. Uh, Mobile user accounts are fake. No one has figured out how to count logged out mobile users, as I learned at Reddit. Every time someone switches cell towers, it looks like another user and inflates company user metrics. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. As we've been saying, it's all bullshit. And the the article gets into, like, the people are fake. The businesses are fake. The content is fake. Our politics are fake. And we ourselves are fake. It's all a stack of fucking lies it's a house of cards that's what the internet is and we base so much business on it now i know i know i just it drives me crazy when i see this it's like okay you switch cell towers you know what you do you assign a udid to everybody oh well the udid is the phone device but you 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 assign a unique id to everybody and you tack it on as a fucking query string any fucking competent programmer can do that, but you yes, don't but do that. If you did that, then you exactly. wouldn't have these. You wouldn't have the numbers that you want to have. Exactly. That's the fucking problem. You love these numbers. You fucking you love want these fake numbers. numbers. Uh-huh. Fake numbers are good. Real numbers would depress the hell out of you, and your entire business plan would go. Exactly. <laughs> That's what pisses me off the most. And now she's coming out saying. Yeah, Formanet. I mean, she was the CEO, and she knows it was fake. Come on, that was your <laughs> fucking responsibility to fix that. I know it, that. it is upsetting to me that after she leaves the position, she comes yeah, out and says this. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like you knew this when you were there. You could have fixed it when you were there, but Reddit's owned by Condé Nast, and Condé Nast wants fucking money, so they they don't want to hear bad news. They only want to hear how are our numbers doing? Is 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 the hockey stick going up? Fuck you. Honestly, it's like never. Okay, if Ellen Powell comes to your company to get a job, do not fucking hire her because that's some bullshit. She she has no spine. Pisses me off so much. It's just like, oh, yeah. okay. I was a hitman for the cartel. Yeah, we shot some people. It's okay. But now, hey, can I flip burgers at your at your uh, restaurant? Sure. Okay, come on in. Anyway, God drives me up a fucking wall. Oh yeah. God. Well, so now yeah. we have a new company. We have a new company out there who is autonomizing freight trains and okay. they have fully optimized freight trains. Now I well, knew this was coming. We all knew this was coming. Well, of course this is coming and this actually makes some degree of sense because they're yep. on a track. Uh-huh. They can't go anywhere else. <laughs> this is uh, it goes the you know, trolley problem the trolley problem is actually the only thing they have to figure out it's just like oh well how many people are on the track when we switch to the tracks but yeah this is this makes so much sense but they are still keeping guys in the cabin which as we know living here in southern california doesn't mean shit because no, since we have crashes because they were tweeting, tweeting, doing yes, whatever, exactly not paying attention. And we've seen this with the autonomous drivers, the, the, all the vehicles when they have somebody in there, they're not paying attention because they're bored. The Uber, Studies yeah. are coming out saying they're bored and they just lose track and stop paying attention because they mm-hmm. literally have nothing to do. Yep. <laughs> so I think this is actually a good thing. 
I think this is a very, very good thing because if they put sensors on the tracks in the front and can figure out if they're people and they can stop the train, but you know, trains are really hard to stop. I don't know if you've seen a, you know, a two mile long train try and stop takes a while, takes a while, but other otherwise, I think this is actually a good thing. And I mean, it's, it's basically for mining. They're, they're moving, they're moving ore from the mine to the port to get out, you know, out to sea. But anyway, I think this is a fine use of automated technology. I really do because, yeah, I, I just after being here in Southern California and and just watching train crashes around the world, people do get bored and they fuck up. And yep. just just no, go, I'm down with this. Yeah, look, this has been going on for a long time on the Isle of Sodor with Thomas and his friends. You you parents out there will get that one. It's funny. <laughs> okay, uh, but if you watch the first scene from Unbreakable, you know that's the same thing. Just I, I would rather have an automated system that says, hey, OK, this next corner is rated for 24 miles an hour. You're going 74 miles an hour. Uh, slow down. OK, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm OK with that because <laughs> trains scare the shit out of me. I don't know if you knew that. I am terrified I to be on a train. <laughs> I love train travel. But when those trains get cooking, especially like the Muni in San Francisco, when, you know, the underpaid person who is driving the trains just starts cooking through the tunnel i get terrified i would like to know that there's an automated system in place to slow the train down when it has to so for me i think this is a good thing this episode is sponsored by eero eero is a home wi-fi system unlike anything you've ever seen the single router model doesn't just work for our increasingly high bandwidth world it's simple physics, like light waves. Wi-Fi waves don't go through walls well. Imagine asking a light bulb in your living room to light your master bedroom. Yet so many people just get the crappy Wi-Fi system from their ISP. What you need is a distributed system. That's what offices have had for years, at considerable work and expense. Current Wi-Fi routers are really tough to manage and optimize. The Eero app lets you manage your network from the palm of your hand, so you know how many devices are connected at any given point, as well as the internet speed that you're getting from your service provider. You can also easily create and share a guest network. Eero is protected with state-of-the-art WPA2 encryption, and just because it controls the hardware and the software for your entire network, it ensures that you're always secure. Since traditional routers don't push software updates to their customers, they are left vulnerable to cyber attacks. Eero updates automatically, so that you not only have the latest features, but the latest security at all times. And now they've got Eero Plus, which is designed to provide simple, reliable security that defends all your home's devices against threats like malware, spyware, phishing attacks, as well as unsuitable content. The combination of Eero with Eero Plus provides complete protection for your network. Eero Plus offers the ability to block malicious and unwanted content across your entire network. Advanced security. By checking the sites you visit against a database of millions of known threats, Eero Plus prevents you from accidentally visiting malicious sites without slowing anything down. Content blocking. Eero Plus automatically tags sites that contain violent, illegal, or adult content, so you can choose what your kids can and cannot visit right in the Eero app. Ad blocking. Get rid of annoying ads and pop-ups on all your devices. Ad blocking also improves load times for ad-heavy sites so you can browse and stream faster than ever before. And with your Aero Plus subscription, you get a bunch of goodies, including VPN protection from Encrypt.me, password management from 1Password, and antivirus software from Malwarebytes. Never think about Wi-Fi again. Get 100 bucks off the Aero Base unit and two beacons package and one year of Aero Plus. Visit Aero.com GOG and at checkout, Enter G-O-G. Security? 
We're back this week with Dave Bittner from the CyberWire podcast. The CyberWire is a free, community-driven cybersecurity news service based in Maryland. Dave is also the co-host of the new Hacking Humans podcast. I don't even know if it's new anymore. You've been around for a couple of episodes. <laughs> a few weeks, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he does that with Joe Kerrigan, where they take on social engineering. Mm-hmm. And uh, we do love that show. I highly recommend checking it out because it is one of my favorites of the week. So, Dave. Well, thank you. What happened this uh, this this holiday season? Well, <laughs> Santa was very nice to me. Grumpy old Santa treated me well. And if you have not yet seen the series of photos that I posted on Twitter, Jason, you just saw the photos. I just you, saw these. Do you want to provide the narrative for what, what exactly went on here? Dave has had the first furry unboxing on Twitter I think we've ever seen. (laughs) Well, certainly the one we've ever seen. (laughs) Right. Not that any of us ever sought one out or anything. (laughs) Well, let's let's put it this way. At least the first ones that Jason and I have seen. (laughs) Yes. I've learned a lot more. That's right. Yeah. Hashtag furry unboxing. Oh yes, no. We sent you. We sent you, uh, Mr. Fox, in the mail uh, because we we love you, Dave, and well, thank we you. wanted to send you something nice for the holidays. Well, I like it a lot, and uh, it's been getting lots of attention around here, as you might expect. And uh, I went home last night, and I said to my son, my younger son, who's twelve. Uh, I said so. Uh, I, I explained to him this this thing that I got. <laughs> That had to be awkward. Yeah, well, you know. So he kind of paused for a second. He looked at me and his his uh, his gaze narrowed and he said, so are you a furry now? And I paused and I looked back at him and I said, well, I don't know yet. Maybe. So we'll see. This could be my gateway drug into being a, a, a real you know, full blown. I mean, it starts with the head, right? I mean, just <laughs> and then his foxes uh, all the way down. Yeah, <laughs> Patreon.com slash gog because full body suits ain't that cheap. So uh, help cheap. us out, people. Yeah, <laughs> if, if we if we gotta right. find we a full to, body suit a, for yeah, crowdsource a whole full body furry costume <laughs> for me. If there was ever something our listeners could get behind, it's a public humiliation <laughs> of Dave. So let's. That's good. I don't think it's public humiliation. I think it's just finding your your north star. That's all. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I you know, I, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I have to say the mask is fun to wear. And uh <laughs> didn't I think expect that answer that. to you being a furry might be <laughs> no, yes. It is. I can I mean <laughs> Well, people well, walk by and they see that coming. I'm sitting there in front of my computer and I and they sort of they do a double take and they stop and they look. I'm not saying I wear it all the time. I'm just saying <laughs> that I do wear it sometimes for fun and uh, and it's good. I can't wear it when I'm working because obviously it changes the sound. Although one of the cool things about this one is that the jaw on it moves when your jaw moves. So when I talk. Oh. The wow. mouth moves with it, so that's a upgrade. See? Yeah, we 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 get you premium <laughs> spare, furry here. <laughs> spare no expense. Spare no yeah. expense. Yeah. So, folks, go on Twitter if you haven't already. There are photos of me. There's a whole unboxing experience with my it new is fantastic. It is new, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. So, thank you guys. It was a wonderful surprise, and I laughed a lot. And it's going to bring me uh, joy for uh, for. For for time to come, so very nice. Thank you. Very <laughs> well, that, that 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 might be 
Yeah, you might want to ask your wife about that. <laughs> Very thoughtful of you. Yes, yes. So far, she has not said, bring the costume home. <laughs> that has not Yet. happened. Nor, 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 nor do I expect it to. But who knows? I don't know. Who knows? You will be, be a ready. whole whole new thing, right? We just had our 25th anniversary. This may just need the, the, shake it the up. spark we need to, yep. uh, to, <laughs> get that, yeah. get, to, to get to that next uh, 25. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? So Foxy Dave. Foxy, Foxy Dave. Dave. I yeah. think we have a show title. There you <laughs> I go. <think> <laughs> Well, thank you, gentlemen. It's very thoughtful of you. Uh, thoughtful. I really have absolutely no idea how to transition into what we're actually supposed to be talking about here. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is the worst, worst like handoff ever because we're going to talk about home security and non-lethal weapons. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? If you stand naked in the doorway with a fox head on, I think you might scare people. I think you might be able to scare people away. So. Well, that's true. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I can answer the door for <laughs> solicitors. Yeah. This thing has so many useful uses around the house that uh, just they're being revealed to me. <laughs> right. Oh, have you, uh, okay, okay, so. have, okay. Have you guys ever answered the door naked? No. No. Yes. No. I've answered the door in a towel. <laughs> okay. Does that count? Uh, no, not really. Because no. you're not, you're not at, at that point. You're not a sexual predator. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I have, I, I have seen the the uh, the guys with well, the watchtower coming up to the door, and I have answered the door naked. Oh wow! <laughs> just to scare them away, and they're just like, uh, "Would you like to bring Jesus into your life?" And I'm like, "Oh." Come to Jesus. Come on in. <laughs> Alternatively, Jason, you could just not answer the door instead of stripping down naked and opening yeah. it. But uh... I used to be young and dumb, so I did a lot of stupid things. And now you're only young. one of those things. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now I'm just dumb. God damn it. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to try to make this transition now. Let's yeah. explain briefly. Over the six years of doing the show, we have had numerous discussions about... Um, Gun control, uh, certainly whenever the news hits yes. with another major mm-hmm. tragedy, we we talk about it, much to the dismay of of some of our listeners. Um, <laughs> and I kind of have swung Jason around a little bit to my way of thinking. I, I am very anti-gun. I think there should be heavy legislation and restrictions and things of such nature. Um, and one of the reasons I think that, and I, this article doesn't really get into what we're going to talk about, but I saw these stats uh, in this article that's just come out, and and this is just shocking to me, and I, I think it 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 tells a story of a gun culture that's kind of gone mad in our society, specifically in America, because we don't see this anywhere else in the world, really. Uh, in 2017, the most recent year for which data is available, a record 3,957 3, firearms, nearly 11 a day, were discovered in carry-on bags at airport checkpoints across the country. Mm-hmm. That's insane to me. 84% of them were loaded. Going on a plane. Wow. I would like to also point out that the 9-11 hijackers did not have guns. Yes. So <laughs> they they did everything they did with box cutters. So, so. Uh, as we've had this discussion and we've had various incidents happen relatively recently, uh, Dave proposed off the air kind of a thought question about, well, what about non-lethal stuff versus lethal weapons and mm-hmm. we decided we would cover that at some point and what better time than after the Christmas break so that we actually didn't have to do any research and and security <laughs> fuck ups. So yeah. So here okay, we are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no no security fuck ups. I'd like to point out that Brian's objection to guns overall has affected me personally because I used to own a gun. I used to have a shotgun. 
And there was at one point where I put that shotgun in my mouth and I pulled the trigger and I got lucky. I got extremely lucky that the, uh, the actual ammunition misfired and did not shoot me in the face. So after that, I have been on kind of a tear about non-lethal uh, you know, alternatives to protect your house. And the fact that you shouldn't have a fucking gun in your house because you don't need one. You're not a hunter. If you're a hunter, fine. You have a safe and you put the guns in the safe. But for me and for everybody else, you don't need a gun in your house because as Jim Jeffries so famously said, sometimes you get sad. And when you get sad, you do stupid shit. Well, and I did stupid shit. Yes, and if if you look at the statistics on this sort of stuff, how you know how it's almost always an accident within in the house, and a relative gets killed, and blah 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 blah. Oh um, yeah. The and the other main argument that people always seem to use is you know it's the Second Amendment militia thing. And I just got to tell you right now, if you you and your bowling buddies, I don't care how big of an arsenal you have in in the back of your house, you ain't gonna stop the government. They've got jets. These guys are They've fucking got good. They've got <laughs> drones. So, you know, that as an article, sure, in 1776 may have been valid. It is no longer valid. So, um, you know, and I, I, I don't have anything. I, I, I don't. I probably shouldn't broadcast that to a, the entire world. Um, but well, I you're don't going have anything. To, but after what the does show, interest after me After the is, show, you're yeah. going to have something in your house. <laughs> but going back to Jim Jeffries, it's just like if everybody had muskets, Everything would be okay because it gives you time to change your mind. You know, it gives you time to change your mind. But let's hmm. get into non-lethal options for your house. Well, let, let me walk through this a little bit of, of where what brought up my desire to talk about this. And it was really triggered by a video that Jason had posted uh, with these guys uh, and this paintball gun. With, Brian and um, Jason over at Modern Rogue. Yeah, yeah. yeah Brian so, Brushwood is a friend of mine, and, and I love his show, and he's killing it over there. So, yeah. Yeah, so these guys posted this gun, or this uh, video, with this paintball gun that, as they say in the video, looks like RoboCop's gun. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> oh, dude. I, I, sh- I, I wish I would have shown it to you when you were here in my house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it is RoboCop's really cool. gun. It's huge. It is. It's huge. Yeah. <laughs> and so you load it with these special paint balls that are pepper spray kind of paint balls. Military grade pepper spray, by the yeah. way, that are not legal in California. So I don't have any here in my house. Just to say. And basically, <laughs> you just have to aim at the right side of the room and unload a couple of these things. And that person is disabled. They can't mm-hmm. see. They they both went blind in the video. As soon as they got like the the pepper spray in their face, they went blind. They yeah. could not see, which so, is what you want. <laughs> yeah. So I saw that <laughs> video. I saw that video, and that got me. First of all, after watching it and going, "Wow, that was cool." Um, I was I just was thinking about it over time, as you do, and that led me down this path of thinking. Well, if someone breaks into your home. And the police come and they arrest that person. That person was there to rob your home. I don't think many of us would think, well, the proper punishment for that person breaking into my room to steal stuff is the death penalty. Right. Uh, Well, I would disagree with that. 
One hundred percent. You think if this someone, is where Jason and I have some philosophical? Yeah, we have some philosophical differences here. <laughs> if because breaks if into you come house, okay. into if you come into my house and you're coming to, I don't care what you're coming into my house for. If you come into my house, game on, game on. Okay, I but get having said that, Jason, right. if there is a non-lethal alternative, no, 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 I no, 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 prefer that. Okay, but I'm not. But I'm saying the death penalty after the fact. In other words. The police come, haul this person away. I think most people would agree that we're going to put that person in jail. We're not going to kill them. Yes. 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 Okay. So that was my first step down this this pathway. Um, and yet we have this notion here in our country and, and many others, and this is what we get to, which is the castle doctrine, which we'll talk about here in a minute, where – if someone comes into your house, then you have the right to use deadly force to defend yourself. And it just got me thinking in an era where there are effective, non-lethal ways to defend yourself in your house, like this pepper spray gun, um, do we need to just take another look at this? Does it make sense to, to for lethal force to be authorized in these situations when so many accidents happen because of this, so many suicides uh, are successful because of this. Um, it just got me thinking about it. And I thought, well, who better to talk about it than you guys? Because we, we enjoy going through and kind of puzzling through these things and see where we agree and where we disagree. Yeah, no, right. no, no, let's definitely break it down. You know, if somebody comes into your house with a gun, you are fully authorized to kill that person. Right. I believe that 100%. If you can stop them, great. But if I shoot them in the face with some pepper spray and I blind them and then they just start shooting wildly, what does like where is my liability based on that? Because hmm. you know, they might shoot through the wall and hit the neighbors. They might shoot, you know, a baby in a crib. They could do anything. They could shoot my family or they shoot could shoot me. Right. And that's where it's like, where's the stopping power with non-lethal alternatives to the point where it can actually like, you know, stop a person that is going to kill you mm -hmm. because there are people out there that just don't give any F's, <laughs> you know, they right. will kill you as soon as look at you. And, you know, it happens in my neighborhood all the time. That's why I have so many safeguards in place. So I'm just wondering where that line is. And I do not have any lethal safeguards in my house right now. I mean, granted, besides my butcher knives and baseball bats and things like that, <laughs> well, where I can your, actually kill your somebody. Dog, <laughs> your, your dog. Yes. I also, yes, I, that was actually, I, there's, there's, a part, there's, there's a part that I'm going to get to in the future that is escalation of force. And I used, to, I used to hang out with a bunch of Marines, and we're going to talk about escalation of force in a minute. But, you know, when you have somebody breaking into your house, where do you feel safe with non-lethal alternatives versus lethal alternatives? Because that's the trick. You know, that really is the trick. It's like, OK, guys pointing a nine millimeter at me. I got a paintball gun with some pepper spray. <laughs> how does that how does that work? OK, but what if you're coming at this from the other direction, which is right now I have nothing in my home to mm -hmm. protect myself. Right. And um, I do not feel comfortable with a handgun or, uh, you know, a sawed off shotgun um, because of all of the other possible 
things that can happen with that. The kids getting it, you know, my uh, killing myself with it, all the accidental things that we that we I think the three of us can agree that statistically uh, are bad, bad, more news. likely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're, you're, you're going to kill yourself more more than likely with with a weapon in your house. Yes. Right. So on the pathway to a gun, uh, I think along the way, you have to consider something like a pepper spray gun. Uh, I don't know, a taser, you know, whatever. I, what I, my point is, it's not a binary thing. There is this in-between thing for folks who want to protect themselves. And is it worth is it a worth considering? Is it B worth considering at the level of legislating? Right. I don't know about legislating, but I do know that uh, you should definitely have something in your house. I mean, honestly, for me, it's like I, I it's 50 50 for me between the paintball gun and a baseball bat. Mm. It's, it's, it's really that close because it's like if you're close enough to that person to take the take the gun away from them. Uh, use the baseball bat because you're, you're yeah. closer. You can take them out. You can get it out of their hands. And that's what I have. I mean, I've I've got a baseball bat under my bed. I've had a baseball bat under my bed ever since I went off to college, and I was a pretty good home run hitter. So <laughs> I'm reasonably confident that as long as sports ball, <laughs> as long as the person is close enough, I can do some serious damage. Right. But um, if they're 25 feet away, then you want. Luckily, I live in a smaller condo. So. Oh, that's right. Yes. Well, when when Brian gets his mansion, then then we'll reassess his his baseball um, bat theory. You know, again, coming at this as somebody who doesn't know anything about this world, this is this is something that you are into, Jason, and I am not. I did watch the video, and I've looked into the the paintball gun thing with the pepper spray. It seems insanely effective. Um, no different than a regular gun, except it's basically, for the most part, non-lethal. Obviously, you, you could still kill somebody with this if you, if, you know, if things just worked out right. Oh yeah, just wait for that. Wait for that. So, so you can't. They, but it is primarily a non-lethal weapon. In, in a perfect world, in in my imagination, th- this would be the only option that you could have at home. In fact, I would prefer that police officers only carry this and maybe have a lethal weapon on them. But they have to use this one first or only within certain circumstances can they use a real lethal weapon. That's what I would like to see. But I don't I don't know how you make that world now. (laughs) If you watch the new special Murder Mountain on Netflix, which is about the uh, basically the pot trade in northern California, when Mm -hmm. they did a raid, the cops had paintball guns. Great. They were they, they literally had paintball guns. And I was just like, holy shit, that's great. That's great. Um, but the thing is in the middle of the night, when you're woken up by somebody breaking into your house, what do you want? You know, cause your, your limbic system is going to kick in. Your lizard brain is going to kick in. And what you want to do is protect your family at that point. So what right. do you want to have on hand? And if that guy is 15 feet away and you can't hit, you can't get to him with a baseball bat. That means you're going to get shot before you can get to him. That's why I like this option. Right. But uh, again, I would state with this the same way that I feel about regular guns is I would want uh, as a requirement, as a part of legislation for selling these things, training. Because for me to just buy this thing and have it in my house, I'm better off just using the baseball bat at this point because I don't really know how to shoot a gun. Mm -hmm. But when you buy a gun, you should go get trained as well. You can't you can't buy you can't buy the these paintball pellets in California. So you're shit out of luck anyway, because it's <laughs> illegal to have, apparently, 
pepper spray in California. I can go. Yes, it is. I can literally go down to the store tomorrow morning. I can buy an AR-15. But you can't get pepper spray. But I can't get pepper spray. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. So um, it, it's it's there. There's just so many crazy, stupid things. So but what I want to talk about next is escalation of force. Well, before so, we get to that, let, let's let's talk through the comparative stopping power of a handgun. OK. Versus yeah. this this pepper spray gun. OK. Absolutely. And and we can also talk about different stopping powers with shotguns and different right. types of ammunition. Right. Because there are. Yeah, it's a good point, because there are people who say I've heard it. I've heard the case made that the best weapon for home defense is a sawed off shotgun because it doesn't have to be sawed off, though. I mean, right. it just okay, just, just get it. You can get you can buy an 18 inch Mossberg, which 500, which is what I had. And okay. I used different ammunition. I had. Because it, it was a um, an extended barrel, so I, I could have eight rounds in it, and each round, starting from the beginning to the end, was birdshot, and then it went into uh, buckshot, and then it went into deer slug, and hmm. so it was like, okay, you can survive birdshot. I can shoot you in the fucking face with birdshot, just like Dick Cheney did. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you will survive that. All I want you is out of my house. I don't care. I don't want to kill you. I want you out of my house. Mm. So I can shoot you with birdshot. So I had two rounds of birdshot. So I could shoot, you know, multiple people with birdshot. Then I went to buckshot. Buckshot will kill you. I'm sorry, but I might miss. Mm -hmm. So I want to have another round. Deer slugs at the end of of the force escalation chain is like, I will explode your spine out your back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was where mm-hmm. I was at. So I always went with that kind of stack in my shotgun that I kept next to my bed because I have a lot of very expensive stuff in my house and people know where I live. It's not hard to find out where I live. Anybody can do that. So I always had that escalation of force. It's like, okay, boom, I shoot you with birdshot. You're not going to get the fuck out. Okay, boom, I'm going to kill you or your buddy. Because most people don't do crimes alone. And then I'm really going to kill you at the end with with the, the deer slugs, you know. Mm. So but in terms of the stopping power of the pepper spray gun, what's our what's our evaluation of that? I think the problem with that is it it, it negates the fact that I have a giant Rottweiler who will eat you in six seconds, because if you have dogs in the house it is going to destroy the dogs. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest problem with pepper spray hmm. because, and it's, it's also going to affect you as a person who is going to be in the same room with the guy who's coming to kill you. So right. you're both down. That's the biggest problem I see with using the pepper spray in the house. One, one thing I wonder about in this conversation is, is like what you just said, the guy who's coming to kill you. And I wonder in a in a robbery situation, I don't know what any of the statistics are, but what you know, what is the percentage of robberies that turn into people brandishing or using deadly force? I would suspect it's probably pretty low. In other words, the in, the intent of most people coming in your home is not is probably not to kill you. The intent is to come in and get stuff that they can go off and and sell and so forth. They want to get out of there unscathed as well. So, is is this what I suspect is, and I'm totally talking out of my butt here because I don't know what the stats are, but what I suspect is, is that 
you know, they their first uh, line of defense is retreat. I would guess that's 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 what you want. That's definitely what yeah. you want. You want <clears throat> cowardice thieves. But in my neighborhood, we've had people come in, ring the doorbell like a 80 year old woman opened the door. They banged her on the head with a hammer and went in and stole her stuff. Hmm. So it's it's very kind of different based on where you're at. You know, yeah, it, it depends on how desperate the people that are in your area are to get your stuff. You know, it, it in some places they just want to come in, get your stuff and leave. And they they're you know, they're it's crimes of passion. They're just like, ah, I just need some cash, whatever. But sometimes they are going to be violent. And that's why I I tend to put my preparation on the side of violence. You know, if somebody's coming into my home to get my stuff, I assume they're going to be violent. Because if you don't assume they're going to be violent, you could be making a fatal mistake. What do you think, Brian? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I don't It's gotten... I mean, we're starting to, to question motives of, of thieves and things like that, which is a little bit <clears throat> out of the purview of where. But is there is there is there a way to have non-lethal tech in your house that you can use to get people that are intent on violence out of your house? That's it does really seem to the, be the, like I, there's this paintball gun. There's there's tasers. There's all sorts of stuff. But without I guess my argument would be you need to be trained on all these things. It needs to be almost a second nature. Of course. Um, oh, of yeah, yeah, absolutely. Stuff, so. Absolutely. But I, if you're trained up on on all of these non-lethal means, they seem to me to be more just as effective, if not more so than than an actual gun. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I, I totally agree with you on that. I think you need to if you if you buy some kind of non-lethal technology that you're going to use on somebody that's coming into your house, you mm -hmm. have to train with it and you have to it, it has to be second nature. It has yep. to be second nature. I train with my my paintball gun all the time. I, so I there have you a, go, everybody. Yeah, no, I've got a big, you know, giant plank of plywood in the back. And on in here, here's the fun part. When I talked about force escalation, my paintball gun has three rounds of paintballs in it. So first time you come in my house, I will shoot you in the face with a paintball, which might kill you, but it also will just blind you. Next up are riot rounds. So I have hard PVC. Those rounds. are like those, uh, those like beanbag pellet things. Not really. They are they are solid PVC mm. rounds, which will knock the shit out of you. They have penetrated quarter inch plywood. <laughs> they mm. will hurt the fuck out of you. And then after that, then I've got the um, the rounds with the pepper spray. So it's like, okay, I'm going to try and try and just warn you off that I'm pointing a gun at you. You know, it's not like you don't know it's a paintball gun. You're just going to be confused and then you just might run. That's what I want. I want you to run away. So I will shoot you with paintballs in the face and you can't see. And then the next is just like, oh, my God, I just got hit by a train because they got hit with riot rounds. These are the rounds that cop use, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. And then after that. Then I resort to the pepper spray rounds because I do have dogs in the house and it is going to ruin my house and it's going to ruin my dogs for a long time because these dogs live by their nose. So I don't want that to happen. And I don't want my dogs to get fucking killed by some guy coming to my house that just wants a cheesy TV. 
so it's just that's really kind of how I stack my aggression, you know. And at the very end of the day, if the guy won't stop coming, I will pull out my knife and I'll cut his throat. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, right, I'm, well, I'm sorry. I mean... <laughs> that's that's how it goes. That's that that is the stack of aggression. It's like I'm gonna okay. give you every chance you can to get the hell out of my house. And if you don't, I will cut your fucking head off. All right. So so to stop your alpha male ranting for a second and kind of get down to what's not we're alpha male ranting. Here, we're, it's just we're it's, basically it's, it's, okay. Ch- it's, it's all good. What we're basically saying is, yes, there are non-lethal alternatives that work just as well. So there's no need to go get a gun. Find a non-lethal thing that you're comfortable with and train train yourself on it, and you're going to be good. There's no reason to have a lethal weapon in your house. Also, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add on a few different things that you can do that are cheap and easy. Get fake security cameras outside of your house. You put fake security cameras Just not cameras the ones up? from China. <laughs> everything's made in china brian just get over it <laughs> just just put up fake security cameras and put stickers on the door and get motion detected lights motion detected lights will deter 99 percent of anybody who's coming into your house mm-hmm. and uh, you know i've got i've got a ring system i've got my logitech system but the ring system is fantastic. It is if somebody comes in the yard, well, they just all leave. of that stuff is definitely a first line of defense. And if anybody yeah. wants to go above and beyond that, then you know, yeah, that, that's, that that's stuff stops ninety nine percent of of robberies. Exactly. So. That it, it's all preventative care. What about the person who's listening to this and is yelling at their computer right now? Oh, there are so many people <laughs> yelling at their computer right now. Yeah. <laughs> it is my right to have a goddamn. Well, gun. but I'm but I'm thinking coming at it from the point of view is why are you um, giving any thought to the person who's coming in your house, you know, why are you giving any non-lethal thought to that person at all? If they cross the threshold, I want them dead. And that is my right because my home is my castle. Because I'm American. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, they, you come after my family. It's the we... stand my ground stuff right. and all that. Yeah, right. I, mean, I get that. I understand that. Do you like your son and daughter? Do you like your wife? Do you like you? Because as we all know, the statistics state there's a far, far greater chance that somebody in your family is going to die than anybody even ever breaking into your house. Right. That's my main argument. Right. Like, I I have a son. I would kill myself if he killed himself <laughs> accidentally yeah. with a gun. Yeah. I, I can't even fathom it. Like, I would never have a lethal weapon in my house because I have a kid. And I know he gets into everything. It doesn't matter what I say. Yep. That kid gets into everything. They don't listen. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but what would you do if somebody came into your house and killed your son? Kill him with my baseball bat. There you go. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I'm looking, I'm going to look into having something non-lethal besides my bat. Uh, I, I fully support that. I, I don't have a problem with that. All the links for these guns will be in the show notes. And uh, there are certain states where you can't buy the pepper spray but uh you can you can still yeah, buy there's the, other options you can still buy the riot rounds and if you have friends out of state they can just mail them to you <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> yeah i again it's i i understand the concept but this is almost this is one of these like technology has moved on things right like we right. have a better alternative now we do we have a better alternative than a gun mm-hmm. we we have a non-lethal thing that's what yeah. i'm getting at yeah yeah. Given the given the fact that if a gun in your home is much more likely to kill someone you love, including yourself, 
are we better off having non-lethal weapons for self-defense? And and that is my and, – and, and is it still effective enough? Is the difference between defending yourself with this pepper spray gun versus a handgun or a shotgun, is the difference small enough to be without distinction? And Here's I, what I've never seen. I've never seen a cop tase a guy with a gun that has been shot by the gun. That's the one thing that I always worried about. It's like, okay, I've got a taser. You know, I'm going to shoot this guy with the taser. How many times have you ever seen a, you know, like a body cam video where the guy that has the taser shoots the cop? Zero. Yeah, it doesn't happen because yeah. the so, taser knocks them down instantly. <laughs> yeah, even if they squeeze their finger, because they're on their way backwards. You might end up killing your upstairs neighbor if you live in an apartment. That so <laughs> caveat emptor. But, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, and when we're talking about stopping power, you know, we, we mentioned earlier that if you hit someone with a pepper spray round and they're blinded and they just start firing off rounds, well, mm -hmm. how's that different than if I shoot them in the leg or the arm and they just start firing off rounds, but they can see? If you shoot them in the leg or the arm, you have not been trained up on your weapon. You well, need to be trained on every weapon that you have in your house. That's yes, what you have to do. But so I'm off a, to the batting cage. But right, mm -hmm. yes, yeah. yes, and in a what I would say is with a handgun, the the degree of accuracy that you have with a handgun uh, that you're going to be in a high pressure situation. So again, yes, training will help with this. But like we said, with the pepper spray gun, you have to be in the right neighborhood to disable this person you know mm -hmm. you hit the wall mm -hmm. next to them and they can't see um and i i just think yeah. that lack of need of accuracy is better it's the you know equivalent of the shotgun blast yes right right there's also a lag between from when you shoot to when they can't see there's a probably a, a two second lag so yeah. between that two second lag they can just kill you and then get over and then go to the sink and rinse their eyes out you know i mean Possibly. It's yeah, it, it's totally possible. That's that's the argument that I, I'm I, I'm anticipating all the arguments that people are going to send. us. <laughs> <on this. laughs> but there are definitely many arguments with nonlethal force. And I just don't want to kill anybody. I really yeah. don't. Well, that's know? what it comes down to to me as well is I don't want to have lethal force. Yeah, I don't think people should have lethal force, especially as we were stating, now that there is this technology to have a non-lethal variant or option, I would much rather, I'm way more, I would never actually have a real gun in my house. I might have one of these, definitely. Mm -hmm. So, because I don't want to kill anyone, even if they break into my house. They're, they're really <laughs> kind of fun just to go shoot on the weekends. They're really kind of fun because oh, yeah. as you, as you noticed in the video, they're like, no, this is not a paintball gun. This is a gun gun. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it is no joke. The, yeah. the force that this thing comes out with. Yeah. It is ridiculously right. strong. And the, the video is about the salt pepper gun. And there's a cheaper version that we have linked in the show notes, which is the one I got, which is the Tipman TPX paintball pistol starter kit. That is the exact gun I bought. And then I bought the salt pepper spray separately you can save about 75 bucks or 50 bucks on that oh if you if you conveniently buy you can restock with alexa <laughs> oh nice <laughs> nice but jesus christ <laughs> um yeah i've had these things for for ages and i yeah it, it is loaded ready to go in my home mm -hmm. i 
have I have because the the way the way the gun works is the first trigger squeeze is it pierces the CO two cartridge. The next trigger squeeze is it shoots a bullet. So so basically, what Jason is saying, Dave, is do not show up at his house in that fox mask. <laughs> At least unannounced. <laughs> yeah, or, unannounced yeah. is different. <laughs> unless, unless you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, believe me, I having having met Bam Bam, I am not sneaking into to Jason's house. <laughs> Bam Bam will will. That's uh, the other thing. Defend, having a... <laughs> uh, defend his master. Yeah, having having a 115 pound Rottweiler who will kill you in 0.7 seconds is uh, also yeah. another uh, deterrent. <laughs> so. Right. Right. So. Have we covered everything? What do you guys think? I mean, where are we at? Are you guys going to actually go out and buy something? Uh, well, these are decisions that uh, both Dave and I, as married men, probably cannot make individually. Um, <laughs> well, these are discussions that need to yeah, happen me, with our me, families. Let me give you some. Yeah, let me give you some context in that. Um, I had I had a handgun in my home that I inherited from a relative who passed away. Um, it was a. Um, a 38 caliber revolver and uh, I had uh, it in the my... old 38 special. It was a 38 special and I had it in my home, um, unloaded, uh, you know, gun in one place, ammo in another place, um, trigger lock on the gun. And mm-hmm. um, I came home one day, came downstairs and my 15 year old kid was playing with the gun. Yep. There you go. And, with a gun that I had hidden, right? Hidden in the house, yep. tucked away. I mean, yep. and it's find everything. Yeah. And so, um, you know, my child learned a whole new level of discipline when I <laughs> came across this because it was, you know, and, and it was basically, um, do you want me to have to explain to your mother how you lost your life? Ooh. And of course, mm. he's he's crying, and he's oh, I just I was just curious, and I just thought it eh, wasn't it. No, do you want me mm-hmm. to explain to have to explain to your mother why you are dead? Uh, you know, at the hands of your grandfather's gun. And right. so at that point, I was like, well, okay, guns out of the house. So the gun is out of the house. Yeah. The gun is is a the gun is in a place where I can get to it if I need it. If the zombie apocalypse comes, <laughs> yeah. it is within walking distance, but it is uh, under lock and key, and it is not in my home anymore. And it is because I I do not the the neighborhood I live in is safe enough that I do not feel any sense of danger where I really feel like I need a weapon in my home. So right. I don't I don't anticipate myself getting one. Um, and I guess part of the point of, of me telling this story is I'm not inherently anti-gun. I, I, you know, I wasn't against having a gun in my home, but I would say I learned the hard way, dare I say, dodged a bullet um, with <laughs> thinking that I was smarter than my kid by having all these things that I thought were in place. No, my kid was smarter than that. Right. Right. Or, or or stupider than that, depending on how you want to yeah. how you want to say it. So that's where I'm coming at this from. I wouldn't say your kid's stupid. Your kid, your kid's curious. Yeah, he's there's the natural curiosity, right. and there's just everything that goes with being a teenager or a younger child. So yeah, that's so I, I you know at this age with my son being two, I would probably have feel comfortable with with something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when he gets older, I don't know, and that that is a discussion I would have to have with my wife, and uh, you know. 
Right now, I stand by Mr. Baseball Bat. There you yeah. go. <laughs> hey, honestly, yeah, just stand by Mr. Baseball Bat and uh, go get the go get the the Tipman TPX Paintball Pistol Starter, starter Kit and the Salt <laughs> Supply Pepper Spray Balls or whatever. Um, uh, here's the thing, I, I I just I just I just got to say, Dave, that would I, that that story just kind of resonated with me. That was terrifying. I would be so terrified if I came home and my kid had the gun. Yeah. I would be so yeah. terrified. Well, and, yeah. But the but again, like we know from the statistics, that's the reality of what actually happens. That is what happens. And what almost happened to you, Jason, is also what happens that I find yeah. terrifying. Yep. That either me, my wife, one of my kids would get in that place and none of us would know so it. you had a bad day. Yeah. Yep. And, exactly. and none of us knew it. And they did a great job hiding it from us. And because of the opportunity... We don't get a second chance. Yeah. It's too much power to have in the home, I think. Honestly, because I mean, go go read up on Chekhov's gun. You know, if the if the gun appears on the mantle in the first act, then it's gotta be fired by the third act. Yeah. You have to you have to do that. And it is just this potential energy that's in the house. And if you know it's there, it is always an option to use. And I don't like yep. having that option to use anymore. Yeah. I agree. I, I'm right there. And you know what? Uh, everybody thinks that they're better than they are. Just like Dave thought he had solved the problem. He had, you know, done everything with everything that they tell you to do to keep a gun safe in a house. And it still wasn't because shit happens. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's it. Shit yeah. happens. Shit <clears throat> happens. Yep. So it's not yep. it's not something that you need in your home. But there are ways to get around that to still protect yourself and be safe and not feel like, you know, oh, God, I, I, I might be a victim someday because I don't have a gun. Uh, no, you can, you know, get good with the paintball gun. You can get good with the baseball bat and you can also protect yourself on the perimeter. So people that are looking for easy targets don't come into your home because mm -hmm. unless you have a yep. shit ton of enemies, nobody's coming <laughs> into your house. If there's like 17 security cameras outside that go whoop, whoop, whoop when they walk up to yeah. the front door, there's right. an easy way to get people to go away. Yeah. It sounds like we're uh, pretty much all on the same page. So I'm very much looking forward to the one star reviews and <laughs> hateful tweets well, let me, that we will be getting for this I mean, segment. I think, <laughs> thank look, you for your unsubscribe. If there's, if, there's, <laughs> if fo folks out there who feel as though they have a thoughtful response, if there's something that we've missed and you have a thoughtful, reasonable response, we would like to hear that. If you just, if on the other hand, you just want to rant and, and, you know, guns because America, well, keep it to yourself and and enjoy your gun and enjoy your gun. Live your life and live the life you want to live in this great nation of ours, and that's fine. We can agree to disagree, but but if you really I think, think we'll reiterate, yeah. none of us are trying to take your guns away. That from is you. no, true. not at all. And no. if you, no. but if there's something that you feel like we're we're missing out on, something that mm -hmm. you know we're legitimately yeah. just not getting, please let us know because I I would I, I seriously would would like to consider other thoughtful points of view. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. definitely, because I've been looking at a thirty out six that I want to get for long distance shooting, and when I get that, I will keep it in a safe, you know, two miles away at my friend's house who has a gun safe. It's not something for home security. This is a, all about home security, right? You know, right. I think you can have a gun and own a gun and be responsible with it, but I don't think you need it in your house for to protect yourself. It's all I think, you know, yeah, because you do sometimes. 
get sad. <laughs> and uh, as someone who literally had a shotgun in his mouth and pulled the trigger, please believe me, sometimes you get sad and sometimes you get really fucking lucky and we get to still do this podcast together. So yeah. thank you guys. Yeah. yeah. If you get sad, you know, take a shot, not a shotgun. That's my advice. Risky. Or call your frisky call one of your friends. Well, whiskey was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, well, okay. Yeah. Okay, whiskey and guns, <laughs> whiskey a staple and guns. of all country songs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, if you're really sad, tweet tweet Jason, because he'll probably be awake. <laughs> My friend Andy Preboy had a great line in one of his songs. He says, whiskey, wine, and gin make nitroglycerin. And I think that's pretty much what I had. <laughs> so anyway, all right, thanks, gentlemen. guys. Well, thanks, good thanks. All right. Next week, we'll get back to that, the usual that we stuff. we solved the problems of the world. <laughs> yep. Yeah, let's just get back to people hacking into other people's shit next week, mm-hmm. please. Brick a brick. I read a great article over on edge.org called Childhood's End. The digital revolution isn't over, but it's turned into something else. And did you get a chance to check this one out? Uh, I skimmed through it, yeah. It's a pretty good article talking about how we're in this weird phase of computing versus digital versus um uh what what what's, what's the word that I'm looking for here? It is uh, what's a record player? Analog. Analog. That's that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dig- there you go. Yeah, digital versus analog uh, computing. So it was written by this guy George Dyson, who's a very smart cat, and mm-hmm. he's talking about how there's going to be a change in computing going forward. And I thought it was a really fun read. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed everything that he was saying. I mean, he was talking about how uh models are no longer models search engines are not models of human knowledge they are human knowledge social networks are no longer models of social graphs they are social graphs it's a winner right. take all game blah 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 mm-hmm. yeah it's all super interesting i mean i definitely think he's right and um it's a little worrisome when you read through the whole thing yeah yeah when when you when you take it when you pull the thread to its logical end it's like okay people aren't learning anymore they're just using search engines and all these systems that we have in place mm-hmm. That are, you know, the the oligarchs, as they say, of data, like yeah. like Google, and they control what you get to know. And it's scary. It's kind of a scary yeah. proposition because in the old days, we would go to the library and we would <laughs> learn from different sources. Now, it's just like you type something in. If it's at the top of the list, you click it. And then that is what your knowledge is. Yep. So and sometimes it's not correct. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, um, Wikipedia. So anyway, it's a very good read, and it's something to think about when you're doing research online. Now, this one is my favorite of the week. Colin O'Brady. Colin O'Brady. He completed his crossing of Antarctica with a 32-hour push at the end, but this this is a New York Times story. Uh, This guy broke the record for going coast-to-coast to Antarctica. And he did a side he did a side trip to the South Pole. Okay. Which is pretty baller. It's like, I am gonna go coast to coast to Antarctica, and while I'm doing it, I'm just gonna go, you know, grab a Sammy at at, at the subway at South Pole. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I I love stories of cross country trekking. And this guy he did it alone with no power, no wind, no nothing. He just dragged his shit across antarctica and you know hats off man 
hats off because that is a feat that I would not in a million years ever want to do because it was like 43 degrees in here this morning and I'm bitching about that and you're driving across Antarctica <laughs> towing a sled on skis. Okay, mm-hmm. you, sir, are a baller. Better you than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My second favorite article this week was from uh, the Huffington Post. I was a cable guy and I saw the worst of America. And this was about a six foot tall lesbian who was a cable repair person for 10 years. Mm -hmm. This is a disgusting article. (laughs) I mean, the people that she had to deal with were basically just the worst of humanity. And all all over this entire break. I've had nothing but horrible stories of horrible people. That's all it's been. It's all it's been. And that's why I love our audience, because you guys are not those people. I am so happy to have you listening to us, because there are so many garbage people out in the world. And it just drives me crazy when I see stories like this. And uh, it was it's a long form article. It, it's worth the read. And uh, yeah, it was one of my favorites of the week for sure. (laughs) All right. Well, I had an interesting article that I found this week. Watergate was the world's first hashtag. I had never heard of the computing system called Plato, which was the first digital public forum and the first time a president threatened to censor online speech. Uh, So it says the article says, contrary to what Silicon Valley would like you to believe, the rise of social computing using computers to connect people, enable them to interact, collaborate and communicate and be horrible uh not only happened long before <laughs> be, the personal be computer era even got underway but it happened far from california the plato computer system which i somehow have never heard of launched in 1960 at the university of illinois and was designed to be a platform for online learning but by the early 1970s it evolved into basically a message board system mm-hmm. with uh, an enthusiastic user community uh, high school and college students and all that uh, within one 12 month stretch from 1973 to 1974, Plato's users created online messaging forums, chat rooms, graphical multiplayer games, instant messaging, email, and even early forms of emoji. And this is all kind of basically forgotten about. It's now not what, really. It's not forgotten about. There's actually a book I'm trying to find. It's called The Friendly Orange Glow by Brian Deere. Mm-hmm. If you check out that book, that is exactly what what that whole that book is about. That whole system. Right. I, I forgot. I, I had to go to my Audible app because I'm like, for some reason, it got deleted from my from my app. But I started mm-hmm. to listen to that book and it talks about all of that stuff way back in the day. It's the friendly yeah. orange glow. I'll, I'll, I'll dig it up. Oh, my God. It's, it's crazy fascinating. Yeah, basically in 1973, the Nixon administration came really close to killing the Plato Project and also ARAPNET as well because people were using these networks to talk policy, ARPANET, to talk politics and uh, politics the White House didn't agree with. So there was already, even in the very first beginning days, there was threats of online censorship. Oh, God. Pretty crazy. Nixon. Dick. Tricky dick. (laughs) Tricky dicky. And my favorite article of the entire Christmas break that I had as bodes well for all of us and our listeners. Is it better to be grumpier or happier? According to the BBC, (laughs) on average, the crankier you are, the more chance you have of being a good negotiator, a better decision maker. And also you have a lower chance of having a heart attack. They also say that the most grumpy in society have steadier marriages and can expect to earn more. 
Whereas according to a study, those who are more positive and happy-go-lucky, those little bastards, can be slightly more gullible and can take part in riskier behaviors, such as alcohol consumption, binge eating, and drug use. In addition, a 2009 study carried out at the University of Amsterdam suggests that being angrier can help people think outside the box and become more creative. As part of the study, they took on a group of students and tried to make them as angry as possible. Splitting them into two groups, he made one half write about a time that they were very angry, while the other half were made sad, and they both had to come up with ways of making education in the psychology department. The angrier group came up with more ways of improving the department and were also more original. So <laughs> We win. We're we win again. And gosh darn it, people like us, even though we hate them. Ups and doodads. So, Brian, I got my new DJI Mavic to Zoom. Yeah, I'm going to go make a sandwich while you talk about this for a half an hour. No, you're not. You're going to sit the fuck back down. And we're going to get over this. I'm actually going to make money with it. So I am getting my FAA pilot's license. Nice. I've already registered it as a, you know, one of the drones that you you do the registration thing and then you get an FAA number and all that stuff. So this is, you know, this is like we've talked about this on the show for so long. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of cool that we actually get to, you know, see the process. Right. You don't think so? No, I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I wasn't. I wasn't sure you were still with me there. No, on I'm that. still here. But yeah, no, I'm going through all the government regulations, and there's a lot. There's a lot of shit you have to know to be able to fly a drone legally in this country, unless you're a hob. Unless you're a hobbyist. And yeah, I am. I'm actually really excited about learning all the stuff that I have to learn because it makes me a better drone pilot because this thing is scary. Yeah, it's scary. <laughs> I took it up to 85 feet the other day and I'm just like, that's twelve hundred dollars floating in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> and then when it comes back down to land, I'm like, please don't cut my please don't cut my throat. Please don't cut my juggler. <laughs> I just don't I, I don't want to die. I mean. This thing is powerful as hell. And I've got a fairly low-powered drone. I mean, this thing is the DJI Mavic 2 Zoom. The great thing about it and the reason I bought it was because it has avoidance detection on all sides, which means that it's really hard to crash. And I bought Apple Care, which right. is not Apple Care, but DJI <laughs> Care. I was so about to say. Yeah. <laughs> I, bought a, it was like I don't think Tim Cook signed off on that one. <laughs> nowadays who knows he's, he's probably <laughs> signing off on everything because the stocks in the shitter but yeah uh i can crash it twice a year and they will replace the they will replace the entire aircraft wow twice okay. for 135 bucks which is great so um there's gonna be a ton of links in the show notes for uh how to do the faa stuff the before you fly mobile app and uh and i'm dealing with people at 3d robotics right now which is kind of interesting because I was on the phone with uh, Dr. David Teeter the other night, friend of the show, and he called bunk on a lot of the stuff that 3D Robotics was doing with like surveying for construction sites. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, ah, oh, okay. So what does he do? He writes Chris Anderson, <laughs> the <laughs> owner of the company. And the owner of the company wrote back the next morning. He's like, oh, here's our head of app development. Do you want to come to the office and hang out <laughs> and learn more about it? So I got to give these guys serious props for, you know, what's going on with that. And, and serious hat tip to David for doing that stuff. And um, yeah, I'm just I'm all in on this because there's a lot of money to be made if you can actually fly a drone. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of crazy. 
Yeah, I, I mean, fuck this podcasting thing. We're out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're on your own, dude. <laughs> All right. Sweet. And I got Sky Guide for iOS which is a one of those apps where you point your phone at the sky and you can see what all the stars are. Mm-hmm. Hat tip to G Davis on Twitter for that one. Um, I was trying to figure out uh, what this star was. There's, I thought it was, I, I figured it was a planet, but you know, might've been a star. It's always in the, in the sky at five thirty in the morning and it's super bright. And I'm thinking, ah, that's probably a planet. And so he sent me some stuff and, uh, then I'm just like, okay, I'm going to go get the app. And it turns out it was Venus. So if you go to a photoaday.com, that's my new site that I've got up spinning on node host, check those guys out. That link will be in the show notes. Um, yeah, it's a really cool app because you can just see all the stars, even though we're living in Los Angeles where you can't see shit because of the light pollution. Right. So it's very cool. It's a very cool stuff. So I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm going for the stars. I'm, I'm right. like Casey Kasem. I'm going to keep my feet <laughs> on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. You're like Casey Kasem. You're frozen in an unknown land. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> and I downloaded a new app. I live here in Los Angeles, land of earthquakes and bird scooters. Um, there's an app called Shake Alert LA that has just come out. It basically gives you a, a warning of up to 20 seconds before an earthquake hits on your phone, which may not sound like a lot, but if you have to do an earthquake, it's enough. <laughs> it's um, enough. Holy it's, shit. It's I got to get this. <laughs> yeah. So you can go to Shake, Shake Alert LA is available for both uh, Apple and Android phones. Um, I, you know, I'm glad we have something like this. Um, I'm not entirely sure with Eric Garcetti, the hashtag mayor of LA branding this app with his name and hashtag mayor of LA. Uh, he's and, just, uh, he's a douchebag. Yeah, he is a douchebag. <laughs> and when you click on recent earthquakes, uh, nothing is coming up. So the app doesn't appear to be working all that great. Um, okay. but there's some information in there and, you know, as soon as we actually have an earthquake here, I'm hoping to see that I get the warning. So, I, okay. you know, it's, it's, if you live in LA, get it. It, I'll, I'll there's try no it. reason I'll not to it. you know yeah I mean? I mean i just go to the ngs site and they always have everything well know? yeah but that's after the fact this one right. will give you that yeah. warning in theory in theory in theory i'll try <laughs> we'll get but, back to you after we fall into the ocean <laughs> yeah when the sinkhole <laughs> <laughs> opens up under our houses we'll tweet you from there yes It'll i will great. tweet on the way down i got the warning <laughs> 10 seconds yay <laughs> I just want to give a quick shout out to all my friends in Toronto that I got to hang out with, and particularly Kevin, who showed me his local there. That was a good time. And a shout out to friend of the show, Megan, because she asked for one. And I also owe her a few drinks. Okay. Did I meet Megan when I was up there? Is that the... Um, yes, I believe so. She oh, worked, she was works awesome. KCRW? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was amazing. Yeah. That's very cool. My closing shout out is to Sir Billy Connolly, one of my favorite comedians and one of the greatest comedians of all time. Unfortunately, he's got Parkinson's and there's a uh, there's an article that we'll link in the show notes. He's like near the end of his life. And it's yeah, just, I saw that it yeah. it it breaks my heart. It really breaks my heart because he's he was so sharp and so amazing. And it's you know, I don't know. It just it one of those ones that it kind of hit me really yeah. hard. Yeah. Funny guy. So, oh, yeah. Super funny guy. So we're going to miss you, Sir Billy. And hopefully you'll stick around a bit longer. But uh, yeah, I understand. Yep. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash GOG. 
Toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation, go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 309. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy. And stay furry. Stay furry.